keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome, everybody, to WrestleRoasts. I am your host, Dan St. Germain. I'm here with Robert Karpolis. We are currently waiting on Scott Chaplin. Today is the roast of the Godfather. I'm here. I'm here. Can you hear me? All right, oh. now we, yeah, now we can hear you. Ooh. Yeah, so... It's a little muffly. Like it's, a little un- it's a little under a bridge, but I think it'll be okay. All right. No, no, no. I'll fix it. Start uh, no, it's fine. Um, yeah, man, let's do some show business up top. Ain't no business like show business. Um, so for next month, we uh, we have the roasts of Seth Rollins on August 5th and Triple H on August 19th for our Patreon. Uh, this week, we're doing a Q&A. Then uh, the next week, we're doing SummerSlam 2002, the roast of Marty Jannetty. We're off the 15th, Heroes of Wrestling 1992, August 30th, the roasted Donald Trump. This past week, if you're part of our $10 tier Patreon, not only are you going to get the Patreon episode this coming week, you got me and Robert both on uh, on Raw Review. You got a SmackDown review from Robert, and you got a retro SmackDown review from me. So, a lot of extra content. Subscribe to our Patreon, our YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Leave a five-star review. Leave a comment. Tell your friends. Put it on a fucking banner. I don't know. Write it on your body. What? Listen to our show. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, You're telling people who are already listening to our show to listen to the show. This is like Rampage commercials during Dynamite. <laughs> well, no Ring of Honor commercials. Um, Scotty, how are you doing this week? I, I finally saw your pictures from your vacation. It looked beautiful. Oh, it was lovely. Yeah. 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 Yes. Thank you guys both last week uh, for, for vanishing into thin air. So it was me and Mike Lawrence, the, uh, the Terry Funk of, of uh, Russell Roasts coming out of retirement for, uh, for the show. It was actually yeah, it was a lot of fun last week. Yeah. Mike may make an appearance soon. Uh, well, if you are a patron, maybe you'll hear maybe Mike you'll Lawrence. Find out. We'll see. He's becoming uh, our Brock. We only bring him for Patreon in Saudi Arabia. That's it. <laughs> I think Mike would have struggle in Saudi Arabia, but no, no, he's all about taking the blood money as long as it's not Conrad's. Yeah, Mike uh, would blend in perfectly. And the thing is, is he could also throw rocks at women, but he'd be comfortable doing it because he'd definitely miss them. He's like, sure, I'll throw rocks at women with you. And he just <laughs> accidentally hitting the guys. Yeah, it would be Looney Tunes where the rock where the rock would like spin around, come back, and hit Mike in the face. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if they do that, and that was wrong of me to say, but hey, whatever, you know. It would be kind of a prank to do like a, a live uh a live wrestle roast and me and Scott don't show up. So it's just Robert and Mike to, to choose talking about wrestling and Riyadh. Yeah, that's, that sounds safe. What, what could go wrong? Look, Hey, they cheered for Goldberg. That's true. So I, I, you know, Hey man, uh, that's the benefits and you know, the state not letting you use the internet. All yeah. right. Let's get to the bright side of the Godfather. I think the number one thing we're all going to agree with on this is he made three incredibly different gimmicks work um whether or not you liked i mean look kama was okay it was just kind of like a the mma version of him but papa shango and the godfather and i would argue the good father all worked um yeah man i i, I enjoyed the godfather kayfabe accomplishments wwe hall of fame intercontinental champion wwe tag champion with bull uh, Buchanan seems like a good dude in, in shoot interviews. And I mean, I think, in, you know, just outside the ring, 
think about how bad the click would be without the BSK, you know? You like uh, need, you know, for the America, you need the Soviet Union, for Soviet Union America, you gotta have those two warring factions to keep everything above board. Scott. <laughs> I love Taker's group because none of them are like particularly good at wrestling besides Taker. But, well, it's just a I bunch mean, of guys who would beat the fuck out of Shawn Michaels. It's uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's just guys who can actually fight. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like for Michaels group is all about politicking for the best spot. For them, like politicking was just getting them the job and then yeah, they could party. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It was you didn't fun. have to pay for drinks that night. That was the politicking. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Were you a Godfather fan, Scott? I, I love Godfather, man. And Godfather was a wrestler that as a kid, if 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 I brought up wrestling to like an older kid, they would bring up how cool the Godfather was. You know, like I remember a lot of my older sister's boyfriends loved the Godfather. Oh, easy jokes to make there. Yeah, right. Damn. Now that I realize it, yeah, <laughs> might have been her pimp. You know, just this is this is how you find out your sister's a prostitute. She has been hanging out with Buff Bagwell. I thought she was doing the conga line. Yeah, she calls Buff Bagwell her work wife. Um, Robert, were you a guy first? Did you ever work with Charles, Sir Charles? No, um, I didn't. He was backstage once for for. Like visiting, but other New than that, listeners, Robert used to write for WWE. What are you, Taz on Dynamite now? Dude, first time watching, let me tell you about Dynamite. Hey, hey, uh, go look, it's, I'm doing the Excalibur thing, man. No, you're talking way too slow to be Excalibur. That, uh, uh, that, that like fucking whatever Land of Dragons promo he did was, was oh, pretty God. amazing. Yeah, Jim Ross just shitting on him. Anyway, we'll get to that later. The, the thing about Charles Wright is, I would say the Godfather character worked. Kama and Papa Shango didn't. Papa Shango was extremely memorable in the beginning. It was freaky as hell. I think I, it worked. Well, I mean, no, no, no. It, it, it worked for like, like... I have the action figure, you know? It, he, he looked intimidating. Uh, they had the, you know, the debut at WrestleMania, even though he botched his WrestleMania debut by missing the, the, the cue. I remember him having like black ooze leak out of people's heads or making Ultimate Warrior vomit. Um, then the gimmick just kind of was hokey after a little while and they just kind of dropped it, but he was all in on it. He committed when they gave him that, when he was comma and then comma, the ultimate fighting machine and a melting down undertaker's urn. And then he was comma Mustafa. Like he, he just made whatever shit they gave undertaker him. Undertaker always put that guy in a program with him. Of course he did, because it, it was, I mean, it's the weird thing about the BSK. It's like you needed to have looked like you murdered somebody, but like drinking Jack Daniels and playing dominoes. So yeah. it's like it's the weirdest collection of individuals uh, imaginable. But the Godfather kind of reminds me like in prison, they have they're like I was watching some documentary in prison. It was so funny because the prison are uh, it, it's divided between the whites, the Latinos, uh, the black crew. And then the others, which were like a couple Asians and like a, Na a Native American guy. Yeah, it's <laughs> Disciples of Apocalypse. All the random guys like who Disciples of Apocalypse, Los Periquas, Nation yeah. of Domination, Kai and Tai, and then, and you know, the me. oddities. Yeah, you know, Vince had his, he was making Oz before Oz existed. Uh, but no, the Godfather character, it worked. It was a lot of that attitude era call and response. He would say his catchphrase. They'd say it along with him. The music always got a pop. The the bringing out the the hose in through the attitude era was always a guarantee. So if you're writing out a two hour show and you get to a dead segment, send out the Godfather. The crowd's going to react. The match is going to be what it's going to be. I mean, no one's going to confuse him with Chad Gable, but he knew how to play his role well. He's deceptively huge, like. He just looks like an absolute like like he's a, he's a big dude. He's a big dude. But you never really got that from him. He just he was just a fun loving character that people liked, and the people hated the Good Father because they wanted the the charismatic guy back. And it was sort of a, an unfortunate situation where when he tried to go back, it didn't have the same magic again. But I don't think it ever really sort of mattered to him. He was just a guy who was happy to be there and happy to entertain. And he was pretty you, good rap backstage, right? Every, yeah, every, everybody liked him. He was a, he was a you know 
for a scary looking monster uh, a lot of the time with the uh, the skull face paint and just being a huge dude. Everybody loved him. Big, happy guy. Just good to be there. Never a problem to work with. Never, never hurt anybody. Was never afraid to put people over. Like the God from you're going back and watching some of those smackdowns. The Godfather used to lose all the time. Oh, it didn't matter because he was just ah, fucking. I'm the Godfather, and we're happy. Dude, he was over the minute he did that thing where he uh, he went back with the hose with like I think it was like Steve Blackman. He was a made man, you know. Yeah. As soon as him not wrestling was the way to get over. Guys, we're doing a little bit of a truncated episode today because I'm on the road tomorrow and just running around. Uh, but Charles Wright, even though it was a short bright side, I will say this, uh, my memorable bright side, not even close to the dregs, the wrestling dregs we've dug up. So do not, uh, do not, do not mistake the, the briefery briefery is not a word, the abbreviated bright side. Um, let's get to the roast. Uh, I'll go first. All right. Oh, he yeah. was. He was voted worst gimmick by the Wrestling Observer. Meltzer commented on this saying, I like my trains without hose on them. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he, he, look, he looks like the world's scariest women's prison chef. Uh, <laughs> today, you wouldn't need voodoo to make the warrior puke. Just a picture of Sunny Kiss. Uh, after Papa Shango, he went by Kama Mustafa, which will also be Big Swole's name after joining Nation of Islam. In the right to censor, Charles was the good father, which in wrestling is still the closest you'll come to finding one. <laughs> is Papa Shango, he was built from parts unknown. As the godfather, he was built from the red light district. Funny enough, Parts unknown is where a girl ends up after working the red light district. <laughs> His Papa Shango character was inspired by the James Bond film, Live and Let Live, Live and Let Dies, while the James Bond film, For Your Eyes Only, was inspired by the NDAs sent to Jeremy McDivitt. <laughs> McDivitt. Um, I did all the Letterman thing there. His character... His character, comma, melted the Undertaker's urn and wore it as a chain around his neck, which is also how you bring DMX back to life. <laughs> uh, on the indies, he ran a wet t-shirt contest won by Lacey Von Erich. She didn't use water, just the tears from what's left of her family. He went by uh, the pimp father on the indies, but the only hoe he sold was Buff Bagwell. Um, he, a prank, he appeared in a prank on WWE's Swerve. The prank was jumping out of a bush at a group of women and not being Teddy Hart. <laughs> he went on to manage a Cheetahs. It's the first time he's worked at a place that respected women. He was in Nation of Domination, which at that point in time was the closest wrestling came to celebrating Black History Month. Uh, the hoes were made up of strippers and future WWE divas, but we only know that one of those groups fucked guys for money. His last appearance, his last appearances were as the Godfather on the Raw Anniversary Show <laughs> and Black Friend on the Last Ride documentary. <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't for the Godfather, we'd never have The Rock. Uh, not the wrestler. The uh, thing Pritcher gave the strippers from the hoe train. Um, <laughs> all right. Thank you, guys. A little bit started off strong, a dip, and then pulled it back on the tarmac. Let's go for Robert. Today, we are roasting Charles Wright, an MMA fighting pimp voodoo witch doctor who somehow still wasn't racist enough to get Vince McMahon canceled. <laughs> Papa Shango is the nickname Pat Patterson had when he'd make Steve Lombardi wear blackface. <laughs> Papa Shango famously made the ultimate warrior vomit when he leaned into warrior's ear and said he supported marriage equality for all <laughs> Wright was the only good father in wrestling history unless you ask his four kids <laughs> Wright was in a tag team with Bull Buchanan and they were tag champions a good fact to remember the next time someone tries to tell you the attitude era was good <laughs> Charles wrestled in the GWF as the Soul Taker, a moniker he borrowed from Jerry McDivitt. 
<laughs> Papa Shango debuted at WrestleMania 8 and attacked Hulk Hogan, proving that his character could see the future. <laughs> Papa Shango was voted the most embarrassing wrestler by the Wrestling Observer, home to the most embarrassing wrestling fans. Sorry, Dan. It's all right. It's okay. It's my passport. Kama stole the Undertaker's urn and had it melted down into bling. So, yes, Street Profits, it could be worse. <laughs> Wright almost became the bodyguard for the NWO until he heard what Hogan thought the N stood for. <laughs> the Godfather was always accompanied by his hoe train, though the number of women who made it ringside varied depending whether or not Snooker was booked on the card. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Godfather would often offer opponents the chance to forfeit a match in exchange for a night with his hoe, forcing them to choose between CTE or an STD. <laughs> As the good father, Wright denounced pimps and prostitution, talking about how it was both dangerous and degrading to women. So yes, he was a heel. <laughs> Everyone loved the gimmick, the Godfather, but his in-ring work was as beloved as Godfather part three. <laughs> The Godfather left pro wrestling to manage a strip club, finding his career, uh, finding a career his kids could finally be proud of. <laughs> and finally, Godfather owns longevity of his career to being part of the Bone Street crew. Whenever Vince takes a girl to Bone Street, it costs him about $3 million. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Dude, you know what I noticed? Neither of us had really a mean joke about him. There's not much. Dude, it's impossible. I have almost do. no jokes about this guy because what do you say? I, I even liked comma like I yeah I it was fine it was like almost a little him. before it's time you know yeah like, even Papa Shango was I mean I know it was voted the worst at its time but it is something that I, I still yeah. see co costumes of him or, or, or that's something well, you else. know what's funny I think dude. he's looking like something that's common right it, it's just funny like when it's like when you go on the Wikipedia page and their personal life is he married this person and had these kids it's you're not you're just not gonna have a good road subject <laughs> yeah no if you're a pro wrestler and you manage a strip club and there's nothing bad out there about you you're a pretty decent human being oh yeah scott rip them apart <laughs> i mean okay yeah here we go uh vince thought of papa shango hoping the boys would get into voodoo so them hurting women couldn't be proven in court <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Papa Shango, he would make opponents vomit from afar, something originally perfected by Jake Roberts taking a shit. <laughs> uh, he then became comma because like a comma, Vince didn't know where to put him. <laughs> That's really good. The Godfather was built from the red light district. Or as Sonny calls it, the I thought yellow meant speed up district. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew his pimp cane would be more progressive than mayor cane? <laughs> uh, the difference between pimpin and Sonny is pimpin ain't easy. Uh, if I wanted to see a hoe train, I'd watch video of China doing deadlifts. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I couldn't think of a name, you know. It wasn't worth it. I didn't have enough jokes, though. What do you do? We all we've all been there. I mean, the, you know, the thing is with the Godfather, he's probably the hardest person we've ever had to roast. Yeah, yeah. And finally, uh, he changed his name to the Good Father, so his kids would finally have to say it. <laughs> um, yeah, that was the closest. The last joke is the closest. Yeah. Uh, all right. and, and we don't even know if that's true. We're yeah, just we don't even it up because he's a wrestler. Yeah. Yeah, we're, it's more about it's an indictment of wrestling. All right, show and hell. I just sent you guys his heel turn when he comes out as the good father, gets booed for essentially it's just it's just really, I mean, this isn't good or bad. It's just a sample of the WWE universe at the time. Um, just just a lot of fucking, you know, scumbags because <laughs> he got booed when he got rid of the hose. Well, um, I liked I liked Right to Censor a lot. They were I did. I thought it was a good heel group. Yeah. It really worked and 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 having Godfather become Goodfather actually make like as a writer sitting down looking at a roster, it's it's perfect. It's right there and it works and you do it. And so I'm glad they did it. Yeah. And it was it was a nice vehicle for Stevie Richards. It was good heel heat for Ivory. 
Bull Buchanan, I think, is still alive. So that's a plus. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, Dude, I know Bull Buchanan's name because of that. It, well, I, Bull Buchanan is a legend for so very many reasons. Um, but uh, no, this was it was something to do. The, the, the problem with it is Godfather was such a beloved character that the crowd was going to just reject it on its face. So it wasn't heel heat. It was this is not what I want to see. Speaking of which, when are we talking about Dynamite? Uh, very nice transition. Robert is going to actually take <laughs> over the hosting duties for this since I didn't take notes this time around. Um, What's amazing is Dynamite, we're, we're taping it for the first time because of Dan being on the road. We're taping this on Wednesday. Dynamite ended 25 minutes ago. I don't remember what happened on Dynamite unless I look at my notes. It was that forgettable of an episode. I don't know Thank if it was you. that bad. Well, right? we'll, we'll, let, we'll, we'll refresh your memory. <laughs> uh, allow me it, to... It uh, wasn't the strongest group they this, no. had, for sure. The, no, this and, was, and I had problems with well, it. Well, yeah, we'll talk about this it. This was, was Tony Tony Khan forgot to do his homework the night before and just scribbled something down like 20 minutes before. This was the closest you're coming to a Raw. Uh, we were just like, I feel like they just threw out the script and like, here's what we're doing tonight. Uh, Dynamite, hour one, Brody King versus Darby Allen uh, with uh, Sting coming out to make the save. And then he gets choked and Malachi Black blows in his face for a very specific fetish. And then Miro comes out for the save by standing at the top of the ramp and staring <laughs> blankly for five minutes. Uh, Cole Carter is in the back because Tony Khan is turning into Dixie Carter. And anyone who is in the WWE ever gets a job. He gets confronted by Ricky Starks and Hobbs. Then it's best friends versus Moxley and Yuta. Uh, Swerve and Keith Lee are out there. And uh, Jim Ross learns who Kevin Gates is. Uh, the Butcher and Blade uh, get T-shirts from the Dark Order and then beat them up. And then Hangman Page shows up reluctantly to make the save. Christian Cage and Luchasaurus take on the Varsity Blondes. Jungle Boy returns for some reason, and it makes no fucking sense. And then the Ass Boys <laughs> challenge the acclaimed to a rap battle. That was hour one of Dynamite. Who wants to take it first? Oh, it's tough. Can we, okay, we got to start from first match was Brody King versus Darby, which was a very good match. It was a snuff film. Now, it, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't, I didn't see it. I, I came in late. I did not see the first 15 minutes of the show. But the thing that made no sense is, so you're, you've been setting up this Brody King Darby feud in, in a good way, but they don't show it. Like, I, I don't like that they didn't show the the Darby getting beaten up at the autograph sign and like I like when they do the real world shit like that where it's like anything can happen when wrestlers are, are at a place and they didn't highlight that and then it was just kind of Brody beating up Darby beating up Darby beating up Darby and then he beats Darby and I know Mike had texted about it like Darby is not the disposable guy you can just job out uh, the only reason this would have made sense is if you were trying to build up Brody King for Moxley but we already saw Brody King lose to John Moxley. So there was no reason to rehabilitate the character. Uh, and then Sting comes out after to save his son and Malachi like blows mist in his face. And then Miro shows it. It was, it was super WWE convoluted weird for an opening for sure. Convoluted, match. Yes. But you know, Darby takes a good ass kicking, but who did this help outside? I mean, who did I, I'm not even outside. Who did this help? Well, the weird thing, and it is it is obviously unfamiliar booking where you go, wait, Brody just fought the champ. So why are you continuing to build him where as Darby, if he got the win, you'd go, ooh, Darby could have a title shot against Mox now. And I would love to see that. Um, I, I don't the only way I see it is like, oh, he wants Brody to still be a monster who can only be beat by a champion. And, you know, in terms of Darby being a guy who can take a lot, I mean, all Darby does is take losses. He's the guy who can take losses. He can, but you weren't even moving their storyline forward. It's like they yeah, leapfrog Darby where, yeah, that's to where, get to Miro. Exactly. And then, well, yeah, and then it's going to be a, a trios. But why is Miro teaming with Sting and Darby? Because eh, it's fun, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't that great. Yeah, I mean, kind of underwhelming. I thought, I thought the Sting Malachi Black stare down was cool, which I'm glad they got that. Probably that would have been the best part of the Undertaker Sting match too. Um, and yeah, I do, I do, I have to agree with Robert. And then I kind of, 
forgot about like what I was watching immediately after watching it. My big thing is like with that best is the bet was the best friends mockley weeder you to match in this yeah, that was that was yeah. the next was thing it. um i i i just don't know what you're doing with your world champion man like he's sitting at home injured well yeah. i know but it's like it's in your interim champion there there needs to be the focus of the title look wwe i'm not saying i i love all of wwe there's you know there's a plenty of stuff i think they botch um but the stuff with like Roman Brock and Austin theory has been, even though it's a very simple story, it has been being told well. And I just, I like my world title to be the focus of the show. That's, that's my big complaint. I agree. And I also don't like that. They're continuing to put Moxley in babyface babyface matches. There's so many heels on this show that you can have him just go and beat up. And this crowd in Atlanta just wants to cheer and boo give them give them that don't make it like best friends who people kind of like because they really like orange cassidy and moxley and yuda and then put these guys out there and make the audience have to choose they they did this before with moxley well, when he took on Takeshka, and it, you're just you're seeing it a couple they originally did the same thing. i i thought they Tanahashi. were going to use this to set up cassidy moxley because that's kind of like a fun feud to do in august while you wait for punk to come back yeah but you just saw cassidy wardlow and you know, know Wardlow beat I mean, Cassidy. So for both, but I think I think Moxley's a better opponent for him than Wardlow. Yeah, I I don't I don't disagree at all. I mean, the only saving grace for this was Orange Cassidy and Regal on commentary trying to make it slightly better. The match itself was was it was competent, it was fine, but you're trying to push the Ring of Honor pay per view where where Yuta's defending against Danny Garcia, who didn't have any presence in this match whatsoever. The fact that the best friends don't like him, but yet they're all baby faces. So you as an audience member, you don't know which direction to go. And I think that's where this is frustrating because these are four really talented guys who had a good match, but again, it didn't help anybody. Scott, you know, all all this match felt like, and I, I enjoyed the hell out of it um, just for myself sitting there, but It just felt like, oh, maybe this is to build the best friends as a legit tag team, but you you could do it in other ways without using the 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 world champ. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, it wasn't perfect for sure. But you're trying to build them, and yet they but they lost. So it's kind of you know who exactly who, who did that's this too. That's too. So that can't be what they're doing again. So they're just kind of booking a match, and I, I mean I don't know what we're getting. Cassidy Moxley. I don't, I don't know what we're getting. Um, yeah, they didn't really since, tell the story. That's the the most important thing is like, where is Moxley going? And somewhere, this? if you listen closely, you can hear like putting a conch shell to your ear. Mike yelling somewhere. It can't be Orange Cassidy. He just <laughs> lost the rankings. The <laughs> rankings. Oh yeah, it can't be Orange. You're right. Well, I mean, like, what about Jericho, man? Like, I thought that they were going to do that angle at the end. Yeah, well, instead we get an Anna well, J. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get to Jericho. We'll save goodness. it. We'll Dude, save our needs, two. I mean, look, man, I think Tony did a phenomenal job booking the first two years of this company, but he needs he needs he, somebody to step in and help. He, him need, he needs an app and he needs to not just be relying on QT to format the show. Right. Uh, he, he needs uh, he needs a room. He needs a room. Yes. He needs he needs a room, but he won't do a room because there's certain people there whose names I'm not going to say on this broadcast who were from WWE, who were producers there, who feel the need to high, hold down the opportunity to bring in any writers because they were upset they weren't a writer when they were there. It's a very specific comment that like three people listening will know and appreciate and know exactly what I'm talking about. Ooh, damn, I can't wait to find out about oh, they're, this, this fucking the worst. Uh, uh, what was that swerve Keith Lee thing? Like, are they friends? Are they not friends? Is Keith Lee awake? Was he shot with a tranquilizer dart? No. Oh, wait, I like that. I thought that was nice. I thought that was simple enough. Like, it was very cute to me. It was, it was uh, simple. So let me get a straight. Here's my thing, yeah. is that they had an easy, they had an in there in the yeah. sense that that one guy, um, what's his name, Tony Nese comes down and yeah. fucking scoops the frosting off the cake. I'm like, dude, what, what fat guy can't relate to your dinner or dessert getting ruined by some fucking douchebag. Like he should have came out and power bombed Tony Nice like right on the fucking barricade. Like he ruined his meal. People would get behind that. <laughs> so I'm like 300. I'm, so I'm like, <laughs> all right. So I'm 300 years old and, and haven't been friends with Swerve. Even, and even when we had Swerve <laughs> on the show, 
he'll name guys that I have no idea who they are. Do we know who Kevin Gates is? Is this a, yeah, is yeah, a big deal? Okay, so so it, it's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, he's popular. And that was a great punch. It was a good punch. I'm I saying think that was, was a, a real punch. I think he just punched him. Good. They probably told him just lay it in. <laughs> I think he did, yeah. But what was the whole point the of like – great. But why does Sterling have a petition to get rid Listen, of Swerve in the first place? Like, it was you know just kind of weird. You know what this show felt like? And, 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 and Robert, you're making great points. And I sat and watched this and enjoyed it up until uh, parts of the main event, right? And, and then it changed everything that I saw previous because what the show felt like was this really cool, we're going to throw some matches together for everybody while we're having this major event at the end. That's you know? exactly what I And thought. it felt kind of important and i was like oh fuck it that the best friends are fighting moxley and them they're putting these people out there they're knowing that more eyes are going to be on the product tonight and i was like this is actually fun and i got really into it expecting a fun main event and then like jericho shit the bed too many times it it felt like when they did when they did that the the first blood and guts and it was like pre-taped so there was like an hour before it of just kind of like here are some matches for fun but you know you're getting an epic main event yeah they made miro come out then too remember and stand in front of the cage awkwardly yep. for like a seven minute oh, uh, i remember that interview. um but am i am i like totally off reservation or have they have they keep forgetting that hangman page is on the roster right i mean like the tony fucking, last second like, oh, i'm like what i thought you guys ended this so yeah man I'm, there's it, it's uh I think it's all the Omega shit. Like, so I think it was supposed to be Hangman and the Bucks were about to get together. Now Omega's coming back. So maybe they're going to do Hangman, those Dark Order guys, Bucks, Omega, uh, Adam Cole. He's he's a star. Book him like a star. Give him. Well, I know. I think, and and I'm hoping that he goes back with the Bucks and whatever and Omega, but he shouldn't even do that. He should be on his own for a little while. Fuck. It just feels like there's these weird artificial divisions in the sense that it's like, okay, the ex WWE NXT guys, they all have to work together. And all the New Japan guys, they have to work together. You know, it, it, I don't know, man. It's just they're not like building storylines together. There needs to be like more synergy. He needs he needs some people to fucking help him, man. You know what he needs? He needs he needs a guy that that was able to to think of really great ideas backstage who is returning from injury soon. I think someone like that could come up with some good ideas. I think and I think, I think you're Tony wrong. would gladly listen to the man. Scott, well, you're wrong. So. Tony, 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 Tony knows how to programs. That's Tony sure. knows how to build great long-term storytelling. Like this whole Christian and Luchasaurus together. This is going to be a great <laughs> thing for months to go. Oh, wait, no, they already kind of split them up. No, because what you get is now you get a much darker, angrier Luchasaurus, but you get him with a much darker, angrier jungle boy. It was Who all a ruse. This? A ruse? Is that what the word is? Yes, it's a, it's a ruse. This is no, this is Rousseau. Because this is gonna be like, <laughs> this Dude, is gonna be next that week. Nice. That was nice. No, this is gonna be next week when Luchasaurus attacks Jungle Boy and you make him look like a doofus. Like this was you've been building this this Jungle Boy return, and this is what we got. <laughs> yeah, man. The kid should have came out in a Harley. He should have pulled a blade out on him. I think Jungle Boy should carry a blade on up. him. Dude, yeah. he should have been dressed like his dad. And he was. He had the jacket. Well, yeah, he had the jacket. Yeah, he the jacket, jacket was badass. But even more so. All right, let's get to the second hour. Robert, what do we got in the second hour? Uh, Wait, what do you have in the first? Sorry, some other thoughts. Sorry, do you have some other thoughts on the first hour? Sorry, I was trying to keep the train going. No, I'm trying to get to the second hour. Because right. uh, this is where the real meat and potato, like the real stars are, like Cole Carter versus Ricky Starks for the FTW title. And, and Ricky's then uh, a star. Ricky's a star. Ricky's a star. And then he has an open challenge. And Dan Hasen <laughs> comes out and Dan Hausen's a star. And they tease the match for the next week. We got a promo with Athena, Chris Statlander, and Willow Nightingale, who all talk for some reason. Then FTR talks about this invisible tag team called the Briscoes. Uh, we've never seen them. We've never heard them. Hey, it was a fucking hell of a promo. That was the highlight of the night. It was a fucking great promo that they were talking about. It was like waiting for Godot. At no point in time do the Briscoe like there's no they don't they just don't exist. But that promo was got you in the heart. Uh, I didn't even mean to make that pun. I just genuinely was heart. It was heartfelt. I well, love Tony's it. booking two companies by himself. It's like it's like how can you do that? He shouldn't. There's not enough cocaine for one man to consume. Well, uh, I disagree on that point, but yes. Uh, Jay Lethal, Sutton Singh, and Sanjay Dutt talk about Samoa Joe, which somehow brings up Christopher Daniels because this is now TNA. 
then Jade Cargill and Kiara Hogan with Jermaine Dupree. I feel like I'm watching. Why didn't they make Nitro. a bigger deal about that? That seemed weird when like, he just walked out. I'm like, did, did they promote this? Did I forget this happened? Took on Athena. I think Moa it's because Nightingale. only people our age think that's a big deal. Jermaine guess, Dupree, he's still a name, but he, it, a name. I don't know. Uh, then Thunderstorm cut a promo because the key to making Thunder Rosa good was giving her a different language to talk in. Let's add a third language to her repertoire. And then Eddie Kingston took on Chris Jericho in everyone's match of the year. Barbed wire everywhere. Scott, how great was our two? Oh, uh, the FDR thing was really great. Uh, you know, I thought that was very, very good. It, it made me want to watch the match. I mean, I wanted to watch it before that, obviously. Um, the, uh, the What's that dude's name? Cole Carter? So Cole Carter. I, I read someone posted on Twitter that his – I don't watch NXT 2.0. But he got like, uh, he was murdered by a mobster. Yes, and yes. He was, he was murdered by a mobster. I brought this up on the thread a couple weeks okay, ago. Okay, yeah, was, and they said he was, he was sleeping killed. with the fishes, right? Yes, he and was so actually now, killed in story one. And now this person on Twitter said, you know, that it's Tony Khan is so inside that it's Shark Week. And so NXT said he's sleeping with the fishes and now it's Shark Week, so we get him. What the fuck? How fun is that? If that's the case, you're just a good tweet. But anyway, I feel like it was that, a good match. Like the Kennedy conspiracy. I mean, it, it was a good match. And you know what it leads up to? It leads up to next week, Dan Housen, Dan Housen. Um, well, what I really mean is Hook confronting Ricky Starks. That's going to be good. That, no, that will be Housen. good. Yeah, and that will be, be a really great moment for next hopefully week. Hopefully Taz control. Hopefully those guys are, 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 are presiding over their own creatives. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't mind the, the baddies match at all. Uh, and then the Jericho Eddie Kingston. All right, match. can we just talk about the baddies match, Scott? One thing. Sure. All right, the fucking the the wings got to go. Those angel wings, they look dumb. They don't look like angel wings. Yeah, yeah. They look, they look they like look they look like shitty Buzz Lightyear wings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. It looks like yeah, like in X Men when it's like you get the toy and you're pumped about the toy, um, and it's just a plastic piece of shit. Yep. Mike just woke up again. Sorry. Um, no, I thought, I mean, well, I'll, I'll let Scott finish this hour. Two thoughts now. Yeah. Hey, what did you oh. think of the main event, Scott? Uh, look, I liked moments in it, and, uh, especially in the beginning where I didn't really know where it was going. And then it just fell apart. I mean, don't have these guys in a cage if you're going to get them out of the fucking cage. I just hate corny shit like that. Um, especially when then what happens afterwards is just the same thing we've seen these guys do every fucking week, which is punch the shit out of each other. So what is the point of having this match that is supposed to feel important at all? I mean, I don't know. And then, I mean, uh, Jericho and, and, and Kingston and uh, who else was in the ring with them and Sammy at the end, yep. the way that they botched uh, whatever was supposed to be going on with them. And they all just kind of circled around each other. Like they were like, they, it was uh, like they were doing uh, what's that chair thing where you run around the chairs? Musical That's chairs. what they were doing. Yeah. yeah. Jericho did bad, a better musical right? chair segment. Wrong, wrong. Dude, it was, I mean, you know, like I was watching Dynamite with my wife. And when Jericho came out with the mask, she just started losing her shit. Oh, it's so funny. But I don't mind that because of the uh, Jericho, uh, whatever the hell. It is. I mean, if you look at it from like he's a spinal tap character, it works. But um, I don't know. It should be in your main event or whatever. Um, but you know, he's he's a fucking legend, man. Yeah, but it's it's also uh, you know what else it feels like? I guess for us that watch every week and like know what the ratings are, that they do get big ratings when they have these bloody matches, and then yeah. just. With men, not with women. But with men. Yeah, which is like, it's like, okay, I, I even get that. Like, okay, you get good ratings with bloody matches. Let's throw it together. Let's figure it out. But it looks like they ran out there and immediately were like, cut Chris Jericho's head open. And then it was just, it, 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 it was just corny. I don't know. It was just, there was something very lame about it. Yeah, it's getting, you know, one of the things, you know, to Vince's credit is that like, you know how Jericho, he would be in a prominent feud and then kind of push down in the card and then brought back up at a prominent feud. Like, I think that that's the best way to use Jericho is that, like, they've been showcasing every single one of his few MJF, Orange Cassidy. It's always gotten such a prominent position. And I'm like, maybe just put him a little lower for a little bit, and then you can build him back up again. I don't know. Yeah, don't this, know. this just wasn't it. And, and also you go, it, it's one of those, uh, those segments that ends where, you don't go like, ooh, where is this going? You go like, oh, this is still going. 
it's uh that's the worst feeling to have and and we've been saying that since like march we've been going oh my god they're still doing this jericho kingston horseshit it was yeah, good. It was very match. good. Yeah, it was they, very in the beginning, good. they had a great match. I mean, they had a great match. At oh, Revolution. I loved. I loved. I loved it. I loved a lot of it. It's it's yeah. bad now. It's, it's, it's been bad the whole man, summer, man. And they didn't even like. All right, if if uh, which I don't agree with. If you're not gonna tease what the next world title program is, at least set up like Eddie Kingston and Claudio. You know what I mean? Like, give us an idea of the new direction <clears throat> you're going. Um, Robert, what do you think of the second hour? The second hour was uh, this was a, this was a bad show. Um, in the second Wait, hour, the, I, okay. No, no, looking I, at the let second me, hour, let me, first let me, hour was better, right? Well, no, no. Here's the thing. First hour, and I said it before. I, I mean, the Brody King Darby match was kind of fun to watch them do what they were doing. Oh, Best friends it. versus Moxley and Yuta was a fun match. Yeah. But I always judge a show by the success of did you move anything forward? You didn't. Uh, this this Cole Carter thing. You, the guy got fired from WWE for for testing positive for something, uh, and he admitted it. He owned it. And he for got COVID. Whatever it is, it's like the guy just got fired from NXT because of this. There's no reason Tony should have scooped him up and been like, "This is a real fun. I got to put him I on mean, television." Dude, it's from, what is it? Steroids? Who gives a shit? It's not a question of that, but it's you, you have so many people on your roster who bust their ass who are on dark. Like I mean, Dante I, that, Martin, that, that I agree with. That's yeah. the thing. It's like Dante Martin, just an example, hasn't been on television in weeks, but you give this guy a shot on tele. It just doesn't make any sense unless it was to squash him in a minute, and they didn't really do that. The crowd didn't like him. Uh, Dan Housen looks like a star. Ricky Starks looks like a star. You built next week, which sounds fine. The FTR thing. I mean, Dax talking about his daughter with that. That like that got me. But the fact that the Briscoes are not have never once been on AEW TV, they don't show highlights of them. I well, don't said, get then, it. Uh, TNT doesn't want them, right? Then, is that what is that what it is? Then, I think then TNT don't... is refusing to let them because of one of their tweets. Yeah, oh, well, they, they had they, a bunch of stuff years yeah, ago yeah, that was pretty yeah. ugly and unstupid. Uh, the women, I mean, no, those tweets are awful, but it's also like, all right, guys, it's been fucking ten years, like. Well, the, the, the women's it's tag... It's been 10 years since I tweeted that. Yes. So, I, I've, yeah. so I found out that Will, Willow Nightingale is from Valley Stream, Long Island, New York, which is where I'm from. So I'm going to be really nice to her. Oh, shit. Uh, she's, Dude, I think she's got something for she's sure. Got a, there's something to her that's kind of yeah. fun. Like, it's yeah, like do sure. drop before the heel turn. Like, she's got a goofiness to her that they could definitely build on. I guess, like, they had to, like, Chris Statlander wasn't allowed ringside. Is she, I don't know if she's hurt or whatever it is. Uh, Kira Hogan did not look like she was ready to really wrestle here. Like when Jade is the one carrying your team, you're in a little bit of trouble. Uh, and then that Kingston Jericho match was, it was like watching somebody fully clothed get thrown into a pool and try to move. Like it just, <laughs> the bar, they put bar, like the coolest part of it was they had barbed wire on Justin Roberts' uh, microphone and then Eddie grabbing it and hitting Jericho. I'm like, oh, that's kind of fun. I love well, that. that. That was and a then great spot. everything went downhill from there. Well, because the, problem the bar is, is like that, that spot that Jericho took at the end was, was pretty gnarly, but it's like it was just set up so fucking awkwardly. But that's every Jericho big bump when they pushed him off the cage yeah. and he fell into like, you know, the discovery zone foam. He should um, be having like the matches Ricky Steamboat had with him now. You know, he, sh- he should be work. The problem is you can't have him work a, a, a lower in the card feud because he has a stable of 45 guys. So he needs yeah. other people to feud with or else, uh, you know, Hager and 2.0 have nothing else to do or Danny Garcia, which is fine. They're all pretty useless. Um, well, he should kind of play like a regal role for them then. You, you'd think, but he you doesn't want to Chris. No, yeah, he still thinks he's a he's a top star. Uh, AEW needs to do better at blocking and rehearsing. That cage lowering was rough. It 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 took way too long for that cage to come down and them to come out and then run to the ring to go attack Eddie Kingston before anybody else comes out for the state. It just it didn't look good. I'm glad we got the Anna J heel turn. That's going to turn things around, guys. That's I do think she's be... a better heel. She does seem like a better heel. Right, because people kept confusing her with Julia Hart, the blonde girl who turned heel. This is going to clear things up. <laughs> um, Jim Ross hated this match so much. He did not give a fuck. And it was fun at the end when he's like, well, this thing's finally over. Mm-hmm. And and trying to pretend like it matters. The feud didn't matter. The, the Everybody running out at the end 
it, you, there, no one could have been excited by this. And it's like, and the barbed wire everywhere wasn't everywhere. You can't promise this level of violence. And then the, the barbed wire is on like three sides. And I don't like barbed wire matches. I think that it's, they can get gross and uncomfortable. Everybody knows it's, that. It's because Terry Funk did so many good ones that people think they can do it, but it, but they're it really uncomfortable is a, to watch. Well, I thought the Moxley Omega match was great until the dud at the end, you know? Yeah. The, uh, the, the, the thing about these Terry Funk matches that were so great is he he took advantage of the fact that he he was an old man being abused, you know? Like, these matches were... Yeah, he wasn't about, trying like, to have a spot this, Yeah, this old vet that was that was being battered in front of you and, and, and you were hoping to God that he could, like, muster up the strength he used to have, you know? Jericho is acting like he's fucking 25. He, he, he thinks he's like two years older than Sammy. Yeah, it's, it's a little crazy. Little- I also like that someone tweeted that they were hoping that Sammy was going to be the guy in the shark costume. That would have been yeah, a better that was reveal. crazy. There wasn't anyone in the shark costume. That's like a big wrestling faux pas in my mind. I was like, who's going to be in the shark costume? Maybe but- I'm just too trained by WWE. I don't know. More importantly, a Game of Thrones trailer in the middle of the show. So Hey, there, there Caliber was really, I mean, dude, I mean, I noticed JR was like shitting on him, but it was pretty impressive. Yes, the, the guy can talk very, very fast. Wait, uh, Game of Thrones is coming back? They're doing it. They're they, the prequel. Not, they did a pre- They literally talked about it on the show. Oh, well, yeah. JR Martin hasn't finished the original series, but I guess they're, they're still running with it. I don't know. So I think pretty firmly dud across the board on this Dynamite, unfortunately. Yeah, it was a great show. Uh, which, is a, uh, which is a shame because... Last week was better. Yeah, and, and, and I'm hopeful for next week. I think the Jungle Boy thing will be good when they wrestle, but the uh, it, he should have started chasing him immediately. It was just a little confusing. Luchasaurus. Well, they also was a almost touched confused. at the end of it, like yeah. they were almost on the same level. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. A little more fire in him. And and to quote Mike from last week. I fucking miss MJF. You need that spark uh, of something him. on a show. Dude, I miss Punk. I miss Omega. I miss Brian Danielson. Yeah, I mean, they really have their their top four guys aren't there right now. No, but they, it doesn't matter. Look at the roster of guys they still have on this show that are oh, uh, that killers, are man. They're murderers great. row that they yeah. just don't position great. But it's like you still didn't use like Wardlow. It wasn't right, there. Well, at Robert, all. This, is a, this is a question. This is a question that's the most banal way to set this up. If you like right now, as a writer, as a WWE writer, wrestling writer, which roster would you rather work with, WWE or AEW? AEW has, I mean, they because you have so many guys who have audience credibility that you can build off of that you don't need to tell every story. They just know who these guys are, and you can pair them up in interesting ways with younger talent to elevate them. The what WWE is doing is they're doing a lot with lesser established stars that they're trying to build. Uh, I think there's more promise in the future of the WWE guys than the AEW guys. I think if they can figure out theory, and I think that they are, and they can get Montez Ford where he needs to be, those are those are your two top guys for for a good while to come. You've got Riddle to build on. Madcap Moss is still getting better. Well, uh, I mean, time. he's got to ditch that name. I mean, he's he'll, he's he'll drop ready. the name, but he's got the physique and he's kind of learning how to put it together. AEW takes guys that the audience loves and either does nothing with them or buries them. Like Darby I Allen. I mean, like, well, well, no, 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 I'm saying, but Darby but... Allen is not being positioned as any kind of major star or significant star yet the crowd still absolutely loves him it's like he is already at a what jeff hardy level yeah, well, was they were, 15 uh, years ago one thing that tony did that you got to give him credit for is that he was able to let these guys get over on their own and most of them did all right let's get to high spot low spot high spot what do you got this week robert uh my high spot this week was on uh smackdown was the return of Pat McAfee and a reminder that if you give someone with charisma a microphone, he's going to get over on his own. And that was not a scripted promo for the most part. It was Pat going out there and, and feeling the crowd. Good, he's having so little good. Ad-lib he's moments. so good. It's he's crazy. so fucking good. It's, it's amazing. How talented you have to have that conversation if you're backstage. Like, do we actually want this guy to do we really... I mean, do you bring this guy as a top baby face? They don't have a lot no. of top baby faces. You can't bring him as top baby face. Uh, he's he's got to be a special attraction. 
Um, but you. he's just good to you put him out there and pump the crowd up and they love him. And the occasional time he he's touched and put into a feud, he, he got people excited about a feud with Baron Corbin. Uh, no one else has done that. that. I mean, the promo was great, but I'm still not like on the edge of my seat. Not edge of the seat, but you're more excited for this than any other Baron Corbin match you've probably watched. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm excited. I mean, for SummerSlam, I really, I only care about the main event. They've done a good job of the main event, which is crazy because we've seen this match a million times before. But everything else I've been kind of like, I know Riddle and Seth are going to tear it up. You know, like it's impossible for those two to have like a bad match. I think if they're working together, unless unless Seth just tries to fuck them because they have like issues from the past. But um, yeah, man, um, what was your low spot this week? You really need to ask uh, the <laughs> opening of Monday Night Raw when oh Titus O'Neil, Florida, Florida Gator alumni, uh, goodwill ambassador, one of the just the best people, like he makes the Godfather look like a piece of shit with how great he is, uh, used as a prop and human shield to talk about how amazing the WWE is. <laughs> crazy. They don't talk about I felt about like politics. he was so close to just holding up a newspaper with today's date on it. Like yes. it was he was blinking in Morse yeah. code for help. Uh, but this whole like, you know, I, I, I the WWE doesn't believe in talking about politics or religion or race. And we just put smiles on people's faces and our CEO doesn't like force women against dy- their will. It was like at the beginning of a dystopian sci fi movie. You know, oh, yeah. like that's that's kind of what it felt like. It was even for even for them. That's that's a special level of gross. So that was definitely my low spot of the week. I got to concur on that. Scott. Ooh, high spot. G1 is back, and there's been a few really good matches. It was a lot of fun to watch New Japan and be excited about it. And it feels like the first G1, um, at least the A block, that it it feels like wrestling is back in Japan, if that makes any sense. Yeah, uh, no, for just, sure. Yeah, there's been some bangers. I mean, dude, that, yeah, I mean, that Osprey Phantasma match was, was very good. Yeah, are, and another high al- spot. Uh, Scott, are fans allowed to cheer yet, or is it still that it's, quiet? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I, it's like a there's a there's a faint something happening. I don't oh, know. It's, yeah. There's another thing that and I said news gonna happen. I miss Will Osprey. Oh yeah, so Dude, he's, Osprey, he's one of the best in the world. But he's one of the best Osprey, in the world, and he he was a big star like on Dynamite, and now he's just gone. So th- that was gonna be my other uh, high spot, which yeah, he he is in the G1, but also uh, in England before the G1, I guess he like some kid he was wrestling. He uh, he gave him uh, the one winged angel, Kenny Omega's finisher, and then he like made the kid kick out of it, like grabbed him, you know, and acted all shocked and shit. And then Kenny wrote on Twitter like, "I don't get that." And then uh, Osprey wrote back like, "It's simple. If you're a cunt to me, I can be a cunt to you." Something something like that. And then he released a T-shirt that says, uh, "Billy the Wanker, better than the best bout machine." So hopefully there's a feud coming. I don't know. Do you think? Uh, do you think that they're? I mean, they're clearly working us, right? I would hope so. Yeah. And you never know. Match. Osprey and Seth had that weird thing. Yeah. Yeah. What was uh, your? What's your low spot? That's tough. I didn't have many low spots in wrestling. Um, there's just so many high spots. I mean, the Ric Flair match announcement. What a huge, huge high spot. And it it was a blast. We talked about it on the bonfire today. It was a blast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wait, what? You haven't seen this yet? Oh, no, I've seen it. I I couldn't tell if you were being serious or not about Uh, this. Oh, dude, the match announcement is one of the funniest. It's a blast. I mean, look, it's it's hokey as fuck. It's It's chaos. It is. It is hilarious it when, is when flair ooh, just starts ooh. cursing at jared for no fucking oh, a reason. lot too a Dude, lot of cursing hilarious like, oh, okay man. good i thought you were being serious like oh this is legitimately yeah, but oh I'm like, no there's no this i is do the most... i legitimately love it in, a, in the sense of like it's fun really fun wrestlecraft really fun it's like dungeon I, of dune fun i love it in the fact that they charged a lot for these tickets to go see flair's last match for that or announcing what it was going to be and people were convinced it was like it's going to be hogan it's going to be aj styles and it's this <laughs> did anyone say hogan did anyone oh, yeah, oh yeah early yeah, on yeah it was tons of hogan Je- uh, jericho was like a I mean, up until they announced it, people were saying Jericho. Crazy. Yeah. And it, it and is in, in, in Rick's best interest to have a tag match. Uh, uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, dude, people are terrified, you know? Yeah. And lethal is, 
really close to him. That makes sense to me. Andrade makes sense good. to me. And Jeff Jarrett is there. It's a big weekend for Jarrett because he's a special guest referee at SummerSlam and doing this. Dude, it worked out for Jarrett. Jarrett's like living the dream right now. Yeah, he'll fuck it up again. Don't worry. He's he's pretty good at that. He's got a great track record. And uh, it's really cool. I mean, that- look, Jeff, Jeff, friend of the show, he's a great guy when I've hung out with him. So oh, Jeff's a great guy. It's just, <laughs> you know. Uh, and also, it was cool that they announced that a, a, a guy with a name spelled similar to our Dan St. Germain is going to be on the roast <laughs> of Ric Flair. Starcast. Hey, fuck my name. Steve, Steve's got a lot of work to do. No, that's all right. Starcast not rubbing salt in the wound, tagging me in the picture of Dan. At yeah, the man, roast, even though Scott and I not invited. That no way, they tagged you in it. Oh, they tagged me in it, so I just tweeted it out. I was gonna write something fucked up, but I was like, nah, I, be guys, nice. I fucking pushed you guys so oh, hard. I know, but I really did. Like, it's I, just funny. I twice I called them and put anyway. Um, I really, really tried. Um, it's crazy. Yeah, but oh. they got big names there. They don't need us. I mean, huge stars. <laughs> <laughs> Like the third most famous Ric Flair ex-wife is going to be there. <laughs> hey, I think I think she's Billy's second. But um, all right, yeah, still have, you have you still have a shot with her, Dan. You're good. <laughs> high spot, low spot. I, I got a couple high spots this week. Seth Rollins, I guess, chewed out a fan, yes. and he had to write this apology on Instagram, and it's got like a crazy picture of him giving the thumbs up. It is uh, such a fun, I mean, it's just that guy, man, he is a rough hang. Um, <laughs> I, um, I mean, terrific in the ring, terrific, but um, who knows? Maybe somebody was getting in his face. It's got to be annoying all the time. It, it's going to be me next weekend with everybody. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. High spot. Uh, I also, th- I think that I, for the first time I saw it with theory. It was that promo he did with AJ and he talked about like hillbilly back, you know, back bar and rat, wherever the fuck he said, I was like, okay, yeah, I get it now. I don't know if he's the most, you know, I don't think he's MJF or a, a guy of that stature, but I get, uh, and it's just interesting to see them actually push somebody new in a real way. Um, but, and uh, Kevin Nash has a podcast. It's kind of like an easy listen. My low spot um was uh michael elgin being accused of stealing protein powder in japan i mean that is it's like the most pro wrestling crime ever um which leads us to our twitter question of the week guys michael elgin was allegedly arrested in japan for stealing protein powder what's the most embarrassing crime a wrestler could commit we'll read them on friday's show pick my favorites uh this is for Andrew Day. We could call this the Marty Janetti hypothetical question of the week. Um, well, this is from Jason Plisk, which this feels like a shot at me. Uh, admitting they know who Michael Elgin is. Uh, <laughs> not including Vince. We have another one, which is stealing their own action figure. Stealing money from MLW. And the only lawyers you know are Dila Brown and Robert. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, oh, and then my favorite guys failing to control their narrative. Um, oh. All right, well, folks, that's uh, that's our show. As far as me, I'm going to be opening up for Dan Soder all weekend. Then I'm opening up for Michelle Wolf. Then I'll be at the Roaster Ric Flair. Um, also, I think I'm in Minneapolis next week. I'm also going to be in Scarsdale, Westchester. So I've been bunch- bouncing around a little bit. Um, Anyway, it'd be good to see some forbidden wow. books there. Nashville and Scarsdale. You're really... Yeah, <laughs> yeah Dan's getting monkey pops. I'm excited 100%. about Nashville. Um, Scott, Scott, what do you got? Oh, uh, I got another podcast called Out for Smokes that you can listen to that's really super fun. fun, non-wrestling related. We just talk out of our asses. Uh, so it's kind of like this. And um, yeah, that's really it. Uh, follow me, Scott underscore Chaplin, on all the things. And subscribe to our Patreon, uh, WrestleRoast Patreon, because it's a lot of fun. And we're about to record an episode right after we recorded this, and it's very late at night, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I, I know it. I can tell. I'm being serious, too, so oh, please subscribe. Great. Yeah, we yeah, yeah. Be, uh, we will be... We will be doing a mailbag episode, folks. So check yeah, it out. I'm Robert, pumped. Yeah. Robert, what do you got? There's a special degree of stupid that exists when three people have a Patreon 
and they and they record a recap of a pay-per-view that they did two years ago <laughs> and none of us remember that i don't we remember i have no recollection i don't remember watching oh my that god we we so for those of you who aren't patreon members we did bash at the beach 96 but apparently we we did a patreon bash at the beach 96 like two and a half years ago oh that's and hilarious none of us remember that this like pissed? no like one no, person pointed no. out but like this is alzheimer's like yeah. this is what that's that feeling good. is. That's not that, great. Uh, yeah. Speaking of Again. not great, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at wwcreative underscore ish. And because we're recording this with enough lead time, if you are at Starcast and you see Dan, take a picture with him, post it on the Facebook page. We need these out here, please. Yes. Yeah. Unless I'm like, uh, no, especially if Dan is like, like please don't. Post. His eyes are gonna be bloodshot. When, when you when you find Dan at the Nashville Ale House with a plate of nachos in the corner, go, go take, take a, a picture fucking picture of me, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right, folks. We'll see you. We'll see you next week. Uh, oh, wash your hands. <laughs> <laughs>